Welcome to the Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan. And I'm Deidre. And this week, we want to do a special follow-up to last week's episode, where we were interviewing Dr. Heather Thompson Day on her book, It's Not Your Turn. We got into a lot of great content there. If you haven't listened to it, you should definitely go back and hear. Uh, She just dropped some great truth bombs. Um, Specifically, we were discussing her book, but so many more things than that. Um, And just how she and her life has learned to, um, you know, find God in the waiting, find God in every season. And I think that that's just a subject we could explore a little bit more. What do you think? Yeah, I think that, I don't know if it's our culture or just us as people, but we want to like get there, right? Like we just want to get where we're going. And I think what her book does so beautifully is talks about how it's, well, that old cliche, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey, but that's what her book really delves into is what, what happens in the waiting, what happens when you're in process, can that be just as worthwhile as where you think you need to be or where you end up getting? Yeah, we spend a lot of time trying to arrive. You're right. I think yeah. it's a Western culture thing. I think um, it's uh, part of just the time in history that we're in. Um, recently, I heard an author um, who passed away not long ago, Rachel Held Evans. She was doing a video that someone was playing. She wasn't doing it. She's passed. I'm sorry. I awkwardly presented that. But it was recently played where I was listening to it. And she talked a lot about what um, what our mindset is when we think in terms of building organizations, programs, arriving at some destination. And she said, um, we talk about death a lot in that. She said, but that's not the same terminology that an agrarian society would have. Like mm-hmm. for so much of history, like a vast portion of it, we, we had farmers, you know, we had people who were in touch with the ground. And so the cycles of seasons are all important and all appreciated. And I thought her view of that was really important because as we look at our lives, a lot of times we, we don't appreciate the death seasons because right. we only see them as loss and holding us back from achieving and accomplishing and arriving. Um, but she was just putting it in such a beautiful perspective that those are necessary seasons so that resurrection life can come in the spring. And we don't get that. Uh, we don't get a harvest without that in the spring and we don't get the spring, you know, without the winter that comes. And, and so cycles are part of life and seasons are part of life. And I think when we fight that, we're missing what God's doing in that season. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time kicking and screaming about what we don't get, but it's just, it's just because we don't understand seasons. So I thought that was a really good analogy for me, at least to grab hold of. Yeah. You, you actually said something, we were playing this game the other last weekend. Um, and I don't remember what the question was, but you started talking, I guess it was, how do you view death? Right. Yeah. And you started talking about just the experiences that you've personally had with it, with people close to you and how it's just been such a beautiful season for you because you've been able to like walk with someone when the veil is really thin. Mm. Um, and I just, I thought that was interesting because that's such a healthy perspective, I think, of what death can be instead of, um, I think the way our culture views it, like you said, but the death, that's like a natural, like a physical bodily death or whatever. But even what you're talking about with this death seasons that kind of give way to resurrection, um, I think it's just important that we have a different view, a different mindset of what death seasons look like. Yeah, uh, especially we're going into the fall around here. And um, I know you experience a little bit of seasonal um, 
what is the word that I'm looking for? Affective disorder, seasonal yeah. affective disorder. Yeah. So that's the undiagnosed. <laughs> well, but it is a true thing. A lot of people experience in um, Midwest areas where there are those seasons, it, the days are getting shorter, they're darker, they're cloudier. Um, it gets a little uh, hard when you're not having enough sunshine. Um, I love the season for the, the time right now where the trees are changing, the air is getting crisper. I don't have to deal with humidity. Um, <laughs> but um, I don't know. There's like, there, there's reasons why even physically some of this can kind of stress us, trigger us for different reasons. Um, but I think it also just speaks to our mindset overall of how we don't understand the importance of each of these parts of our calendar, you know? Yeah. Um, and so the other thing I wanted to kind of bring into this discussion was speaking of seasons, like I did not grow up in a religious tradition where we really observed like a religious calendar. Mm. Um, and I know you, you, you did a little bit more than I did, maybe not like high orthodoxy, but you like had a little bit more liturgy in your yeah. background. And I think that, uh, as I'm getting older and I'm learning some of those more about those practices, I understand why, like it, it recenters you mm. into this bigger story this bigger picture, this bigger narrative that's going and because we just want to be so self-absorbed with our own life. And like, I don't have what I want today or life's not easy today, or I didn't get enough sleep last night, or the kids are crabby, or I don't know, name a hundred thousand things that we could choose, right. Any given moment to complain about, um, on top of that list. Cause I see all the things that are wrong all the time, but like when you kind of step outside of yourself for a minute and realize that you're part of this really big narrative, that's beautiful. And it's always moving. It's an ever increasing kingdom. It's, you know, there's grace for all of it. And, um, and God's view is, um, bigger. I don't know. I just think all of that is very centering to us as people. So I don't, can you speak a little bit more about what that looked like for you growing up? Maybe you didn't have much of experience with that, but a little bit more than I did. Are you saying that it's not all about us? (laughs) Well, <laughs> that's a really hard thing for an Enneagram four to learn that it's not all about me. <laughs> um, I, well, I mean, I grew up free Methodist, so I would say there was a little bit more liturgy, but we definitely weren't high, like high church kinds of stuff either. But um, I remember reading a book from my friend who gave it to me, who it was Orthodox. And I read this book about a high school girl who discovered, like found Jesus and actually became Orthodox herself. And it was just such a compelling story because she talked about sitting in her high school cafeteria and looking around and seeing all these people that she loved, but she wanted to feel connected to, like you said, a bigger story. And it was the, the, orthodoxy that really drew her in because she wanted to repeat words that had been said for thousands of years. And she wanted to, um, say the same prayers that saints had been saying, you know, and Mm -hmm. I thought, I thought there was something really beautiful about that story that I'd read that drew me to that. I don't know that I would necessarily love sitting in a liturgical service every week. Um, cause I think that I like a little bit of variety, but I do think there's something beautiful about tapping into something that the church has been doing, you know? Yeah, it's such a new thing for me to explore. Um, my sister has been practicing Sabbath, and she's actually going to be on in an interview not too long from now to discuss her new book and some of the things God's taught her in some really hard seasons of her life. Um, but the author that she recommended to me, um, Mark 
I'm sorry, it's John Mark Comer. He uh, just released a new book. So he was just on a podcast talking about it. So I, this was kind of my first introduction to him. So I'm sure his work is much deeper than this. But um, so what he was talking about was these practices are not, they're not the end. So he said like he and his wife observed date night, you know, so once a week they like have dinner by themselves, even if the kids are home or whatever. And that's just a practice that they put in place to just foster their relationships intimacy. He said, but we could have a terrible marriage like really toxic and still have that practice. He said, but the practice is there to help foster a healthy marriage. So it's just part of the piece of this bigger picture, right? It's not that the practice in and of itself has anything magical in it. Right. means that because we observe this practice, we are a healthy marriage. But his point was practices like in our spiritual faith do the same thing. They point us in a direction for this bigger goal. And so the difference between that and maybe a self-help in uh, a more humanistic or secular uh, worldview is that it, the end goal is not that we just become healthier people. The end goal is that we are formed more into the image of Christ. Mm. And that is for other people. And I was like, oh, wow, that's exactly what I feel like I always kind of come back to yeah. as we talk about like these tools, whether it's the Enneagram or even just actual books for self-help or um, sermons that you hear, you know, there's so many things that you put in and we just keep putting it in and keep putting it in and keep consuming it because somehow we think it's just totally about us. And it is to some extent, like we have to be transformed in our thinking. Right. But when he said it in that context, that it is about being, the formation is about being formed into the image of Christ for others because Christ didn't come for himself. He came to be spent for others. I was like, oh, wow, that just puts the whole thing in a context that I can, maybe it's the one in me that just wants to reform everything. Or maybe it's just as I'm getting older and realizing it's so little about actually me, you know, um, but it is important. We have to have these formative moments because we have to be reformed. We are, we are not fully living into the wholeness of who we are called to be, but it's not just about self-actualization for the purpose of that. And so that's really cool. So I'm going into this new season of my life going, okay, what practices were not part of my spiritual tradition, but maybe need to be something that I need to incorporate for my own growth for the formation of becoming more made into the image of Christ. And so that's kind of where I'm like, I feel like our interview last week was like a jumping off point in that conversation. What is he doing in me in this season for this bigger picture of what is going to be done in the earth? Well, I mean, should we just end the podcast there then? Because I feel like <laughs> the, the talk style of an Enneagram one is preaching. And I think you yeah, nailed I that one. Totally <laughs> preached that. I'm sorry. No, that was amazing. I just, I don't have a lot of good words because mine are all going to sound selfish after that, but. Well, but we have to process this then now on our personal <laughs> level. And we do, right. we, want, we are selfish and that's okay. Like we still have to be inward focused for the form, for the formative part of it. Right. Well, when I remember when we started Dauntless Grace and one of the, we didn't use it as a tagline, but one of the missions that we wanted it to be was about free people, free people. And so like, there's a, there, it's kind of weird to be like, oh, our ministry focuses on women in the church. Like they're already Christians. Why, why do we need a ministry for that when there are like actual causes of, you know, people who need us differently? But it was interesting. I was looking at a friend's post on Facebook yesterday or today, um, who has a call to adoption on, in, in her life. Like we've had her on the show, Stephanie McFarland, and she was posting about this little girl who needs a family. And I, I love that there are people out there with that call on their life to adopt. I don't necessarily feel that call on my life, but I would love to support people who do. Um, and I'm like, it feels really selfish to have a ministry that's like 
saving the saved, helping the helped. But like, what if our ministry is ministering to someone and unlocks them in a way that they can be awakened to the call on their life to go adopt? Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. And and so it just hit me like, it, it, it still isn't about me ever. And I need to keep remembering that all the time, whether it's this or my own healing process or my own relationships and everything else. But um, just to remember that we all have a call in our life. And if we're not willing to go through the process of whatever God has for us, not to arrive, but so that we can pour out for someone else in whatever way God has for them. Yeah, it is the difference. Um, it's like, we, actually, when we do the Dauntless Grace teaching, we talk about that inner journey and outer journey. So it's like every good movie has that, you know, outer arc of the, the hero's journey, right? But also then this more internal struggle. I think that we often feel called as Christians to do these things for God. And I actually think that they're part of how we're wired with our gifts and and it is part of a destiny kind of calling, but we often get it really mucked up when we're trying to also fix ourselves at the same time. And we make that call for adoption, for foster, for this ministry, that ministry, that thing, this vocation, whatever. Um, When we make it about finding our fulfillment or finding our belonging or finding our wholeness or finding our whatever, then we start engaging in the world in a, you know, really actually manipulative way, even though maybe you're not like what someone would call manipulative on the outside, but we're, we're manipulating our environment to fix whatever the internal struggle is. And so it's not as altruistic as it looks, as it sets out to be, you know, where Jesus didn't have that internal struggle. He really was fully able to lay his life down in every way that he was called to. And um, I think that because we think, you know, I'm not living a martyr's life. I don't actually physically have to lay my life down, but there's so many other ways where we die to ourselves. And yet I think that we're fully living then. Mm. Right. I don't think that these are opposing conversations. Like I think I can live in full joy, full delight, full uh, relational harmony. I think there's so many beautiful things I can live when I'm secure in who I am as a person. And I've got all this stuff worked out internally and I can engage with others to pour out and to bless them uh, versus having it extracted or whatever. Um, Yeah. Maybe I'm trying to like confuse too many conversations into this one, but I just felt really passionate about that. When I heard what he said, I was like, yeah, that's the reason why we do all the work, the internal work. Um, and also, also self-actualization also that, I mean, because that's a byproduct, like to be whole, like W H O L E to be fully known, fully seen, fully understood. These are things that people spend their lifetime looking for, but not realizing that there's tools available for them to do that. And in the meantime, they may do some good acts, but they're still struggling on that internal struggle. And I feel like there's so much that is given to us by the grace that we don't deserve, you know, it's unmerited, but when we, when we really fully lean into that, what more life is there to give and to experience? And I don't know. So to me, it seems like it's like the two pathways, like the outer journey, the inner journey, where you said, like, if you're doing something that's like a ministry outward and you're embarking on this journey internally, they have to coincide because if you wait to arrive internally, you're never going to get to the outward journey ever because we'll never actually arrive. But if we're only focusing on the outward journey, then we're doing it in a way that's actually less than what we could do because it's going to still be about our brokenness in so many words. So I think that's good. I mean, 
you know, as well as I do, just the last week I've been like, uh, I'm the same. Never, nothing's ever going to change. And then I look at Facebook statuses from like 12, 13 years ago. And I'm like, thank God I've grown so much. <laughs> that is not who I am today. That's right. Those are good reminders. <laughs> so just because I'm not like, I'm not like fully whatever, I haven't arrived. That's not a thing that's going to happen this side of heaven. Right. Unless we really want to start debating John Wesley here a little bit about a plain account of Christian perfection, but <laughs> we but, won't introduce a new topic into this little fire that I've started. <laughs> I mean, if we're on liturgy, why not? But yeah, so I think that I think that we have to be willing to to see the see both journeys and go. It's part of the process of God meeting me where I'm at, so that I can pour out to others where they're at. They have to go coincide. Mm-hmm. Well, it may be too late for people to join us in Colorado. I don't think it's too late maybe for them to make plans, but Hey, we're going to talk about some of this in more detail because we don't want to just give just the tool of the Enneagram for your self-awareness, right? That's, that's great. And that's a, you can be a healthier person. And we also don't want to just preach without acknowledging that we can have like this head knowledge about who God is, but then there's a soul involved that's wired a different way. It's the, it's the way that we marry those two together that I think makes the message of Thomas Grace fairly unique. So this wasn't supposed to be a commercial because honestly, it's probably past time for people to make travel plans. Although if you still want to go, we have room for you. So we're going to be in Colorado. If you're listening to this after November, we would love to come where you are and do a retreat with you and the women in your life though too. Yeah. And we can even just, we've had several this last year that were just, we call call them mini retreats, just uh, like seven, eight, 10 ladies in a local community. We just get an Airbnb and spend the weekend, just kind of having fun, being together, talking to Enneagram, ministering to one another. So there's so many ways that this can um, be brought to where you are. And I think that there's something about kind of getting out of the church building and just be kind of living together, setting aside some time where you're hearing from God, you're clearing your head space. You're not worrying about getting the kids where they need to go or make dinner or whatever. And you're just uh, leaning into community and also hearing those me too stories from other people. Yeah. That's really powerful too, because you're like, oh, I'm not crazy. This isn't just in my head. And also it's those two journeys, whether you're in the process of God working on who you are from the inside out and also trying to fulfill the calling you feel on your life to go out. Those are almost, we're not meant to do those alone. That's impossible. We aren't meant to, we will fail at that. And not, I mean, and even though like God is with us, he built us for community. He built us for relationship outward too. And so these are tastes of that community and maybe could even be the start of those communities for some people. Um, But I think that's important. I think that you know, that's also, I guess, a commercial for Dauntless Grace, but we built all of this to be, yeah, we all need healing. We all need to find freedom, not just to free other people for ourselves too, but also to walk alongside other people along the same journey. And that wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We're on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries and our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace. And you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website at dauntlessgrace.org. For information and pricing about individual coaching sessions, and we even offer virtual and in-person staff training opportunities for your organization. You can also follow me on Instagram at Enneagram Megan. 
And be sure to check out our website for more information about today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org. And while you're there, check out our retreat for this November 2021 in Colorado. We have registration live and we would love to see you there.